0: Okay, so uh, for the past two weeks, for the past two weeks, we've been doing on uh, how did Jesus hear God's voice, right? How did he hear the Father's voice? And so uh, today, I'm going to take it a bit further from there, um, and we're going to talk about uh, in the armor of God. But all, uh, if if you read the armor of God, all of it is like you know the breastplate of righteousness, the uh, the the band of truth around your waist, and all of it is like for us. But there's just one. Uh, one armor, one part of the armor that is sort of like to to sort of maybe hit somebody or to like or to put out, you know, and that's the sword of the spirit. So I'm going to specifically talk about the sword of the spirit today, and um, so I, uh, you know, um, I want to share mainly like what I was talking about hearing God's voice or hearing the word of God. Uh, you know, as a son, it's our inheritance. I told you we the language that we speak. It's that we speak. Someone's mic is on. Uh, my mother's mic is on someone's mic is on okay um, so we were talking about how you know you're one with uh, you're one with god and uh, i told you right from the beginning that you're spiritual beings you're a spirit being and everything that god has done even in the heavenly realms and everything because he sees everything in spirit he does not acknowledge flesh Okay. So he calls himself a spiritual being. And so even everything that he will do with us, or he will speak with us, everything is through spirit. Now, if a son is not okay with it, that's where all the sort of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the highs and lows happen is because a son, if, if you're not rooted in the fact that God is spirit and the way he communicates with you is spirit and everything is through uh, spirit. Okay. Then you're going to have, um, you're going to think that God is not talking to you or you're not going to feel anything because you're going through sense stress. Okay. And as a, as a son, A, I told you, you could be very okay with the fact that God, everything that God has done is in spirit. All the blessings of God are the yes and amen. Everything is in Christ in the heavenly places. Okay. So everything is spiritual and for God, God calls spirit true. That means it's real. And, um, So I told you, like, even when he speaks everything about you, you die. Okay, Galatians 2.20. It's all Christ in you. And the minute you got born again, all God wants you to do is start becoming, uh, getting your mind to get renewed. Okay. And literally, what is the mind getting renewed into oneness with him? So you're not trying to get one with him. You're just agreeing that you are one with him. Okay. And he tells you to believe. and. Uh, the first thing for a son, right since beloved began and I keep, uh, you know, drilling that into you, we come out of sense, sense means come out of the flesh, meaning five senses, what we see, what we feel, what we hear, what we taste, everything you, uh, for a son, it says the just will live by faith. That means a son will live his life by faith and faith in what, what the father says about you. And writes its creation about the promised land, about eating the manna on certain days and not eating on certain days, about going around the wall of Jericho. Everything was by the word. He always wanted his children to live by his word and not go by what they see, always. And even when Jesus came again, he was drilling that into his disciples. Why are you going by what you see? Why can't you believe by by the word? Okay. So as a son, uh, the first ground rule, the minute you get born again, is you got born from above. And everything that the father does is through spirit. That's why I told you last uh, two weeks or whatever we've been talking about is that um, everything about you is inside out, is inside out. We don't go by signs and everything that is external. It's nice to have them, but we don't make decisions or we don't necessarily follow them. Everything is an inward. You just trust your heart because you have one heart. Okay. So, um, so having said that, now let's... Uh, Read. Uh, let's start with the notes that I have. Okay, uh, so I told you, uh, you know, the ministry, the, the first purpose of the, the church, the minute uh, you got born again, it says all the fivefold ministry, the you know, prophetic word, uh, signs, uh, uh, gifts of healings, and all of that, or any office of uh, the fivefold ministry, okay, whether they're pastors, their teachers, admin, anything. Is all to do so that they so that uh, they they uh, equip you in uh, in sonship, okay? So that you come to the perfect man, okay? So that's the predominant purpose of the church is because uh, it's about a son. So the minute you are born again, you became a son of God, born from above, okay? So um, so I want you to uh, uh, let's okay, let's begin with this, okay? Romans twelve. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Another word for the word transformed is transfigured. Okay? In actually that Hebrew word, it's the same word transformed. It's the same word that was used when Jesus transfigured on the mount of transfiguration. You know, when he just changed his own appearance. And that's the same thing. So it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transfigured by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, can you hear the noise behind me? You want me to turn it off? Is it disturbing? It's still a motor. I don't need it. But if it's clear, it's fine. Okay. So I'm just going to continue. Okay. So um, so think about it, guys. Um, a lot of you here, okay, for the first time, maybe if you all have come from other churches and then suddenly there is a little bit of doing. And the doing is actually not doing anything but laboring to rest. Okay. But for the longest time, like you got born again, and you 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 sort of became you were always a son, but you didn't know. And then you were hit through trials, and you were waiting for God to pull you out or something, do something. You never really believed your identity, okay, of what God is telling you. And uh, think about this, okay. Now after Jesus uh, rose again, He tells His disciples, "Don't go anywhere. First, just wait for the promise of the Father to come on you, okay. And when the promises come, then you." A power will come upon you and then you will go and be my witnesses all over the world okay so the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us for something so the Holy Spirit is not just there so I and I know that in some people the Holy Spirit is there for a certain reason okay and let him do his work and what is it that we read again before what does the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit is there to guide us into all truth uh, he is the one who convicts us of our righteousness. And then he also tells us all the things that have been freely given to us. So think about it. He's got some sort of job description to do. So what is he doing? He's convicting us of righteousness. Okay, so why would he need to be here? Like Jesus would just get all of us born again and that's it. That's it. There's no other work, Like right? Like if we just had to get born again. And yeah, now that's it. There's nothing for me to do. Okay, but the reason why the Holy Spirit was given, that means there's something that after we got born again, He was expecting us to do. Okay, and that is what the Holy Spirit was given. So, think about, so if you only look at the job description of the Holy Spirit, then you'll come to know what is your part. Okay, so what was the Holy Spirit doing? He was there to convict us of our righteousness because we see Jesus no more. Okay, so that means... Oh, the devil would do something. And in that place, he was the one who was telling me, stand firm in your righteousness, that you are right. Okay, that's where we have the best period of righteousness. Then he is the one who tells me of all things that have been freely given to us. Oh, that means in this life, God wants me to inherit everything. So he is the one who tells me all things that have been freely given to us. He is the one who guides me into all truth. Okay, now in Jesus, so we got born again the devil is still here. Although he's been dethroned, all his powers have gone, but he's still here. Okay. And there is something that as sons that God expects us to do with the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, uh, so the first thing and uh, you know what we spoke about last week, everything that the devil can do today is only through the warfare is only in the mind. It can't touch you, nothing, nothing. He can only wrestle first in your mind, get you to follow him and that's how he gets you to do certain things or act on certain things. OK, so when I studied the whole of the new covenant, it only talks about pulling down arguments, taking every thought captive. And then even the armor we saw, it was all about standing, the breastplate of righteousness. So as a son, it was literally nothing to do. But all the warfare that was talking about is just through slandering, just through lies. OK, and our job was not to take on those lies and be part of it and just to rest. OK, literally for a son, that is the only job that God wants you to do is renew your mind. So I took all the verses that God has put there. So let's read there. Okay, so the word, uh, so then I'll go into the word became flesh. Okay, okay. so do not be transformed to this world, but be uh, conformed to this world. Okay, that means to the way the system is working, this world is working, but be transformed. That means you're going to get transformed. You're going to get transfigured by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, in two Corinthians it says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Okay, the Lord is the spirit. That's why I said even you are spiritual beings. Like I wake up in the morning and I keep saying, you know, me and my father are one. God is spirit and I am spirit. And I just keep identifying with the truth about who I am. Okay, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. That means what is the spirit in you doing? He's transforming you. And how is he transforming you? As you are renewing your mind, as in the mirror, you're getting transformed. So as you're renewing your mind to who you already are, your true nature, okay, you're getting transfigured. You're getting, you're changing from uh, in the same image from glory to glory. Okay. So what is happening? You're, Uh, I told you everything, the part of you that got born again is your spirit, your spirit and the God's spirit are absolutely one spirit. Okay. The part that is getting adopted in you is your soul, your mind. And so even as, for example, so even when God says, the father says, you know what, Priya, I am one with you. You know what, uh, Cyril, I'm one with you. You know what, I'm one with you. Okay. And now you, instead of uh, instead of uh, contradicting that, what you do is, you know what, Father, if you say I'm one with you, so be it. And all the voices that come and tell you, but Zha, what do you think? Is this God? Is this not God? Is this you? Is this not you? And you, put, you, you just shut that off and you say, you know what the Father says? It's all me. Him. And you just start becoming one with it instead of wrestling with it. And now what is happening? That oneness is even flowing. Everything that you're doing is now even is aligning to that oneness. So you'll realize where before you used to falter a bit, maybe like you were stumbling, suddenly now everything is smooth. It's because your spirit man, your soul man, it's all aligning and it's all agreeing with who the father says you are. And now it's that word is becoming flesh. So in every area of your life, you'll see you're going through a trial and through that trial, what happens? Even as you agree, even as your mind is renewing to who you are, that word is becoming flesh that word is becoming flesh, okay? And you'll see that, and that's the process. Like, the Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, okay? And as you're renewing your mind, that's happening. So sometimes, uh, there is, you see divine health in your body. And what happens? Like for Hebron and Hiral and all of that, everything came to test them, right? They took on an identity. It's not in my nature. It's not in my nature to fall sick. They started getting hit with that. They're seeing symptoms all on their body. And now, they're not going by their senses. They're going by what the word says. And so now they agree. Yeah, it's not in my nature. And now that word is becoming flesh. And now they're seeing divine health in their in their, in their, their body. Okay, that's how it works. And so so what did the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit was with Hebron. The Holy Spirit was with Hero, And he was showing them their righteousness, showing them their identity, showing them everything that is freely given to them. And that's what he was doing. And even as they're cooperating with him, the word is becoming flesh. Do you understand that? And that's the process of becoming a son. Your whole life here, the word is becoming flesh in all of you. Okay? So let's read. uh, So let's read ahead. Okay? I'm going to read ahead and uh, read a few scriptures and then talk about it. Um, so, So a lot of the new covenant. And when I say new covenant, I'm talking about from Acts onwards to Jude. You see the only work that Paul keeps telling the disciples to do or the sons to do is renewing their mind, okay? He focuses a a lot on that. Um, So James 1, okay? Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, okay? Now, doer doesn't mean, this is not about getting right with God or doing something to earn a blessing, okay? Now, let's see what this doer is. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, but he observes, observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that means that, you know what, I'm a son, I'm freed, I'm completely righteous, okay? He who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the law of liberty, which is also the law of life, okay? He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, that means he doesn't forget. When he's faced with any trial, he's the one who reminds himself in the face of all of that, he reminds himself he's a son. He does not forget he's a son in the midst of the trial. He he labors to rest that, you know what, the whole world is acting like that. But in this, whatever I'm faced with, I'm a son. And so I know that it's already overcome. I, I learn to sit instead of getting up and trying to do things. Okay, So he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, that means he stays in it. Uh, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work so God calls the doer of the work is someone who who knows he's a son and when he faced something he's also applying it it's not just running around and oh as that's the time how would you know if something is coming you're resting you're laboring to rest like someone was saying that they called me up and said you know it's such a labor I was like yeah it is a labor it's a labor not to do anything you know everything is telling you to do something to worry to run behind it and you're Senses and all the situation is saying, do something. It's out of control. It's a mess. This one is getting attacked. My family members getting attacked. And in that, in that time, you remind yourself that you know I'm a son, and you take the promise or whatever it is, whichever you have, and you rest and know that my my whole life is a finished. Okay, and the rest is actually to sit and not do anything to labor to rest. Okay, and trust me, the holiest thing you can do is rest, and nothing can touch your rest. It's the it's the most uh, powerful weapon that you have. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's uh, literally when you rest, it's like the Sabbath. Nothing can touch you. It's the holiest thing. Uh, so the one who continues in it, continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So I want to talk about, uh, okay, so let's read it down and then I'll come back. Uh, Matthew 7:24. Okay. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, Jesus is saying, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, that means there is something for us to do, okay? So, remember the time when the disciples asked Jesus, what is the work of God? What do you want us to do? And then Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom he sent. Okay? And so, literally, the work that you're supposed to do, not being a forgetful hero or in that time, is to remind yourself that you're a son. Okay? The doing part of it. Now, I want to go ahead and talk about... uh, there are two things that happen in a in any given trial that you might be okay. Whether it's about you establishing divine health in your flesh, or whether it's about a financial thing that you have, whether it's about relationship that you have, okay. How did you get saved? The the word says we uh, you believe on the Lord, okay. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, okay. And uh, so we we'll read. So I want to read that again. And so this is something that I want you to do. Now this is not something about quoting scriptures and I've seen, you know, people tell me, I quote the scriptures and nothing happened. That person still died and all. You have to know that the Bible says you get saved by grace through faith. So if that person doesn't have a foundation of grace, that means they're righteous by faith, righteousness. And it's a deep seated, like just knowing you're a son, like knowing it's righteousness. And then it's literally like faith is working for you. Okay. So, uh, so let's read, uh, let's read a little ahead and then I'm, uh, I'll come back to whatever I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, so John 1. Okay. So in the beginning was the word and the word was God uh, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Through him. Okay. This is talking about Jesus. It's also comparing Jesus to the word. Now all things were made through the word, through Christ. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now you have to know that all of you are born of the word. I told you that last time. That's why, how do you even discern things? Trust me, the word in you is discerning. It's the word in you is discerning what is spirit and someone is coming and talking to you. And you know that they're not telling you the truth, you know. And what is it that tells you that? It's the word in you that's discerning between soul and spirit. Because you're born of the word okay? Your spirit man is absolutely one with Christ, which means is absolutely one with the word. You're born of the word. By default, you know things. That's why I said, how do you have one heart? If you're born of the word, what else do you want to do? You'll have the word's desires only. You understand what I'm saying? That trust your heart is because your heart is absolutely the word. Born of the word. That's what it means. You have one spirit, right? One heart. Same thing. That means... All the word is your desire. So by default, you don't want to do things because you're born of the word. That's what it means. I've written them on the heart, on your heart. What does it mean? It's because you're born of the word. So by default, everything in you wants to be just like your father because you're born of him. Okay. So I told you the word became flesh. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I already spoke about this, okay, but I'll read it again. Ephesians 6, the whole armor of God, okay. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, okay? Stand against the the tricks of the devil or the lies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay, now all of this sounds very powerful, but even like I told you last time, in Ephesians, it says that all of these things have been put under whose feet? Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, God has raised us up and made us sit in Christ. So, all of these principalities, powers, all of this might and dominion, all is under our feet. Okay? And it also says that God has disarmed the principalities and powers by nailing the written hand of commandments on the cross. So, they can't even do anything. Okay, so the devil has actually no power, only he gets you to believe his lies. That's why I said all the warfare is all in your mind. All the way he can attack you is only through thoughts. And that's why the emphasis as a son, your job is to renew your mind. And there is a doing, but I wanted to show you what the doing is. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> so let's go down. Uh... Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, to stand. Just stand. Therefore, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Okay? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? Grace and truth came through Christ. It says the law was given by Moses, but, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Okay, so grace is on the side of truth. That means truth as your your uh, uh, your uh, at you know burden at your waist. Okay, it's talking about the finished work that is already done. Okay, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, that means everything about your life is inherited righteousness. God is not imputing your sins against you. Everything, the reason why you deserve to get. I, I keep it simple. I don't even say righteous. I always tell the Father, even the minute I came into the kingdom. I always uh, expected to see the goodness of God as to just say, because I belong to you because I'm a son. I still remember when I was in uh, New York and I was trying to get a job and uh, you know, the mindset of an immigrant is that, Oh, you're supposed to take anything that you get and you know, uh, it's entry level and take it because you're living in that country. And I still remember, I knew that I'm a son and I would not tell my family members or anything. i would go for these interviews and they'd give me like $30,000 job and they'd offer me and I would, uh, and they wanted to go to my, uh, you know, my visa or my green card or whatever that is, that, uh, the H1B or whatever. And uh, I still rejected it. And I would come home and say, oh, I didn't get the job. And I would tell them, it's because the, at that time I was the only one who was, uh, uh, you know, a son in the family, mom, and all of them had not come in. But I just knew that what is it for my father to give me something amazing because I belong to him. Okay, so I knew that it might be applicable for the whole world. But for me, just because I belong to him, I should get a job that is above and beyond anything expect uh, that i expect so i got so many offers and i would come home reject them and say no because i did not want to conform to the patterns of the world because and literally it was now at that time i didn't even know anything about righteousness but i knew i'm a son i knew i belong so it's easy you can just say you know because i'm a son by blood i deserve to get all of these things because of who i belong to because of who my father is that's what righteousness means that you have more faith and your entire life and is in the family in the blood of your father than in what you're doing or anything like that okay so i still remember i did a couple of jobs and i came home i said no and then uh, this finally uh, but deep down uh, you know i told you i got born again with the word where jesus told me be loyal and faithful to this country that you live in okay so it was kind of there i wanted to go to new york but god was telling me deep down that you have to go to india And last minute, uh, you know, I was there on six months. I'd gone from UK to US. And uh, two days before my flight, I met this Jewish, uh, no, actually uh, a week before I went to this amazing job. Uh, It was from Ann Taylor. It's a very huge company. I I got through all of their interviews and they told me they'll get me through the J visa, some professional visa. It it was like literally paying about $100,000 at that time. Okay. And uh, I was so excited and I knew that if God wanted me in this country, this is the way he would celebrate. Okay. And at the end, it just didn't happen. Uh, And, you know, I I was so shattered. And then I went in one day before my flight, I meet this Jewish guy. And uh, I was about to come to India. He's like, I know I have a job for you. What are you good at? And then he gave me this uh, amazing job, which about 10 years ago was paying me like a lakh or something, taking care of my driver, my conveyance, everything, everything. He made a tailor-made job around what I liked. And he said, okay, go to India and then come back. Okay. And uh, I remember coming back and I told you guys, I wanted cafes. There were no cafes. Suddenly the minute I landed, baristas opened up all over. This was in 2006 or five, six or seven. But uh, I just want to, I want to tell you that God's hand is not short to bless his sons. That's why he died. And you can expect to have the goodness of God and you can expect to see his goodness is because you're a son. Now, even during that time, those were, you know, I was just a young son, but I just knew that I must, just because I belong to him, I deserve this, okay? And so, it was not in my merit. I was actually saying, because of him, I deserve to get the best. And I know he did that whole Angela thing and all, because he wanted to tell me, if I would have you in this country, this is the way I would give it to you. And you were right in that, you know? And so, everything about you now, in that time, who was reminding me that I should have these things that are freely given to me, it was the Holy Spirit. And so who was making me say no to bad? You know, when people say that it's the goodness of God that makes you say no to something bad. It's the goodness of God. Why was I saying no to something? Not that it's bad or anything, but for me, because I knew that God was good. So the same way when people say they sinned or anything, it's because they do not know that God is that good or God can be that good to them. To walk away from something bad is to actually know that your father is so good that his hand is not short to give you something amazing. So it gives you the boldness to actually say no to rubbish and walk away. Okay. That's how strong, that's what grace means. That's what it means to be rooted in a son. To start eating out of the father's hand. Um, Anyway, I came back and uh, it was amazing what God did. Um, So I'm talking about here. So the breastplate of righteousness, right? And having shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Okay. That you're completely forgiven. That your walk is completely okay with God. Like everything is perfect. I see peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, okay, in which you care, you will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Shield of faith, okay. That means it's finished. What is the faith that you're holding up? That I'm a son. It is finished. I'm not going to act like I don't want to do something, but everything but my life is a finished work, okay. And then it says this, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, okay. So, um, praying always with God, prayer and supplication, of the spirit. Now, we'll read a couple of verses, then I'll come back to, to what I'm saying. Okay, Romans 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear in witness that uh, witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have submitted to the righteousness of God have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone who believes. Basically, it means Christ is the end for karma. You're not trying to get, you're not trying to earn something from God. Okay? For Moses writes about the righteousness, which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Okay? So today I want to focus about, uh, I told you, the sword of the spirit. Okay? The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. That means, Our faith or our righteousness speaks. It has a voice. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. That that means to do something. Or you will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus okay confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved but with the heart one believes unto righteousness okay with the heart one believes unto righteousness that you're a son with the heart you believe that you're a son and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation that means saving something that situation or whatever the trial you're going through with the heart oh my god i'm a son you know and you rest in that and then you speak it, like, you know what, I'm a son, and you speak out your everything that you are. That's how you, that's the sword of the spirit, that all those thoughts that are coming, and how do you slay that down, all the thoughts? Like, when thoughts come, are you just keeping quiet, okay? And you can, but you realize that if you see who you are and rest, they'll actually disappear because it is a sword. So the sword was not meant to fight some battle and you know, like whole scriptures as if there's a warfare going on. The warfare is not trying to tell you that, oh, you need to get healed. The warfare, what you're doing or the sword of the spirit, what you know the sword of the spirit in the Garden of Eden? Uh, it was outside after Adam's sin. They put them out of the garden, right? And then there were flaming swords put there. The angels, what were they doing? They were not fighting, but they were guarding, correct? They were just guarding, so, you know what your sword of the spirit is, is because you're in a finished work, and so you're not trying to get healed, you're guarding your divine health. So everything that is coming to tell you you're sick or this there is a problem, and the sword of the spirit, like the flaming swords outside the Garden of Eden, that were just guarding something that is already finished. The tree of life was inside it. Okay, it was guarding that. So you're literally guarding something that is already done. You're not fighting a battle. You're actually holding your stand. That's why the whole armor of God says stand, stand, stand. Just stand. That means you're not fighting. And then what was the sword of the spirit? To slay it. Like, yeah, you're standing. You're guarding what is already done. And so what does it mean? It means you're believing in your heart that, yeah, I'm a son. It's all finished. And then I'm speaking unto salvation, unto saving, or whatever lying symptoms are there and they disappear is because you're just simply resting in the finished work, and you speak that it is finished. Okay. So, so literally the line symptoms leave. You're not trying to get help. Okay. Like I told you last time when I had uh, symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, when I had that, I had a dream in which God came and showed me my hand and I saw a shadow on it. Okay. Like this. And he said, is the shadow real? I said, no. He's saying, so that is like the sickness on you. Does the hand have any sickness? I said, no. Like this hand. I said, no, the hand doesn't have any sickness. But he said, but the shadow is like a line symptom. And so even as I rested and I said, no, I'm a son. It's not in my nature to fall. Asleep. And I just rested, you know, I just started speaking. And also later on, and I would do my normal business or whatever. I was doing my work and then suddenly this just went. So I was not trying to get healed. I was always healed. There was this line symptoms telling me a shadow. That's what it's called the shadow of death in, uh, in um, um, Psalm 23. go you walk through the shadow of that, the valley of the shadow of death. Okay. Because it's a shadow. It's not real as a son, in the path of righteousness, there is no death. Okay? Death has already been conquered. It's, it's an enemy to you. It's under your feet. Okay? So, it's a shadow. So, so when you're as a son, in everything that you overcome, and there have been times when later on, I didn't even need to speak, guys. Okay? It's because the word has become flesh in you. It's become one with you. So, now, your mind knows it's... Um, Okay, so how do I explain this? Okay, I told you when I had symptoms of Arthritis, I decided I will believe the father's word even if I die. That was it. That's what I, I became one with it. Like I decided that's it. I believe it because I believe my father's word to be true and I'm not going by the sense red. So whether it stays, whether it doesn't stay, this is what I choose to believe. At least I'll die believing I'm a son. And I'll get on the other side and he'll say, yeah, you believe, you know? And so that's what it means to apart from your five senses, you believe the word just because the father says so. That's what it means to become one with it. So your heart believes unto righteousness. That's why sometimes people are quoting scriptures and I say just stop it. Go sit somewhere and first decide in your heart what you believe. Because then at least you can be true and if you're not believing, please go to the doctor and do everything and he's still going to give you victory. Okay, but if you take on that one truth, that in that, you know what, I'm a son, okay, what does it mean? And then the Holy Spirit is cooperating and I take that truth, you know, and now I'm speaking it because I believe it. Okay? It was new to me that time. I had not told anybody, but um, I worked it out and uh, I saw it. And what didn't happen in eight months happened in just one week. Even as I started agreeing with what my father says about it. And I forgot about it. Right? I forgot juicing. I would bend down and say, no, I'm a son. It's not in my nature. I just started doing it naturally because I was believing in it, it became naturally. I was speaking it out. Literally, I spoke it just a couple of times. Okay. And before you know it, everything had disappeared. Uh, And that's what I'm saying. So the righteousness of faith believes and speaks. But it's not like confessing, confessing, confessing. It's not scripture. First, it believes. And what does it believe? Unto righteousness. That means you're a son. So you don't have to be scripturally correct. You don't have to say righteousness, righteousness if you don't even know what it means. Okay? Righteousness simply means son. Righteousness just means that you're right with God. Another way of righteousness would be in that like what I was doing when I was in New York, because I belong to you, Father, I should get the most amazing job. Okay? I still remember when I came to India uh, and I wanted to get into the production house and I just waited for I want the best. And it took me one year to get into the best. I was looking for things because I didn't want these small, 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 you know, money, uh, cringing things. I just wanted like decent. Like, no, I want to get, I just looked up which is the best one and I looked it up I said, okay, I'll get in here. And I remember going and sitting with that person, the owner, and I had no experience, not even one show. I just spoke. And all I was banking was that, uh, you know, my father is going to do it, he'll give me favor with her. And she gave me a whole show without any experience. It was Sharok show at that time, the biggest show. And now I have all of these things that I with it. Everything I have just because of that. Uh, just banking on, now did I have all the other things? Of course, there is skill and I do everything unto the Lord. So it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm just very irresponsible with my work. I do everything unto the Lord, but I deserve everything to get everything is because I'm a son because of what Jesus has done, because I belong to my father because that one work I did that I believed in Jesus. I deserve to get the best. And the reason why I say no to things, okay, is because I know who I belong to. And that's why I say, uh, increase your volume. That's probably the highest I can go. I think maybe I'll get the thing up here. Okay, and um, the reason why sometimes you can afford to be resting in things that you really desire and everything is because you stand that you're righteous, okay, that you can say no to things and you want, you desire, or all Christ in you. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so like I said, uh, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, that means you're a son, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That means it's getting saved, it's getting full. So, that thing, your word is becoming flesh. In any situation, word is becoming flesh. So, for example, so even when I was looking for jobs, what happened? The word became flesh. So, I knew that when finally I got that job and everything, and I came to India and everything because God wanted me here, the word in me became flesh. And what was that word? Yeah, I'm a son. and Because I'm a son, I'm qualified to have all things. The Holy Spirit is telling me all the things that are freely given to me. Okay? In every area of your life, guys, the word is becoming flesh. So any trial that you face, don't run away. If it's there, it's meant to be overcome. Like I said, sons, disciples, and sheep, and everyone are looking for God to rescue them. Okay? And why did this happen? And they keep saying, why, why, why? I never ask why. If it's here okay, I have to overcome it, because Jesus never asked why, he just said, if it's here, it's for the glory of the Lord to be revealed, and his identity got sharpened, so in one area, when there, was, um, when there was no bread, there was lack, he didn't say, why is there lack, okay, he just said, okay, give it to me, multiply and now the whole world saw who he was, that he was this provider, and he was the bread, okay, to someone who didn't have eyes, he was the light of the world, okay, to death, he was resurrection and life, so anything that came towards him or anything that is coming towards you as a son, it's already under your feet. So don't run. Instead of asking God why, look at how you're going to, the Holy Spirit is going to show you how to overcome it and he's going to take you to victory. So that word in you, in your spirit man, is going to become flesh. That means who you are is going to be manifested in your flesh and it is victory because there's no death in the area of a son. People see death is because they do not cooperate with the holy spirit okay they do not cooperate with the holy spirit they got born again and they forget about it that's it and then they keep on going about their lives they never thought they had anything about renewing their mind and like journeying with the lord they forget about it and then they might be faced in a trial and that's the time they pick up the bible and decide to just walk on water you know when they've never learned or progressed with the holy spirit in their relationship and as a son the minute you get born again that's the work. Every church is supposed to preach on righteousness, supposed to preach on sonship. Get them out of the mind of Adam, because the whole life you've been fed Adam, the law of sin and death. And now reprogram you into the into the law of liberty, into the law of life. And even as you're renewing your, everything is renewing. You're getting transfigured. Your the word is becoming flesh in every area of your life, in your finances, in your health, in your relationships. Okay, And the Holy Spirit is pushing out everything. I told you, it's yes and amen because it is already done. So even as you're resting for a son, there is no fight. It is only to sit. It's only to pull down the, all the lights. There's nothing else to do. But what happens? What is the wrestle with most? Sometimes you pick up the phone and all. You tell me what you see. I have a phone. Someone will tell me they saw this, they saw this, they saw this. Or I'm getting all these thoughts. It's all thoughts and sense REM driven. And then I have to remind, either we go by what we see or you go by what you know. What are you going to Pick one. Okay, don't be double-minded. Pick one. And as a son, you don't go by what you see. Humans go by what they see. Adam generation goes by what they see. I do not go by what a lot of times, I told you, in my family, it looked like I was an inconsiderate daughter to my mother. I would not go after any care. But I know, because I don't do that, she is absolutely in divine health Because I know the, the covenant that I walk in, the covenant that is with me as a son. And so it will look like, to the world it will look like, oh, you're so inconsiderate. But I know at the the rem that you're in. Okay? It's the word. You're in the word. Okay? And everything comes to tell you, act natural. And you don't act natural. Uh, let's go down. Hebrews. Okay? There therefore remains a rest for the people of God. Now I want you to see, why does the, the author of Hebrews, which I believe is Paul, why does the author of Hebrews say, now he talks about rest, okay? And now why does immediately after rest, he talks about the word? Now look at the that just of those two things, okay? Why, like he's talking about rest, but why does he talk about the word of God is living and active, okay? So see this. Uh, <clears throat> there, Hebrews 4, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has seized himself also, from his works as God did, from his. That means I entered now into God's rest. I entered into, in Christ. That is the rest, in Christ. All the promises are yes and amen. Now I'm supposed to cease from all my works. I'm not going to do anything. I don't need to get anything. I don't need to do anything. It's all the spirit in me that is doing everything. Okay, that's the rest. Okay, and the devil wants you to start doing something. Whereas actually it's all the Holy Spirit through your renewing the mind, through your just resting that it is done, he gets to, he gets to flow out and do everything in your life. Okay? Uh, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, least anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So now you're already in that rest. And then it says, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Okay, so he talks about rest, and then immediately it talks about the word of God is living and powerful. Okay, I want you to imagine again, the garden of Eden, the tree of life inside, the garden of Eden, and the swords, the flaming swords outside, protecting the garden of Eden, protecting like the finished walk. Okay, same thing. You've entered the rest, and now the word of God is living and active. Okay, the word of God is what it compares it to a sword of the spirit. Okay, can you visualize this? The same uh, example. Okay, it's talking about rest, and it's talking about something that is holding. Okay, the word of God, living and active. And I'll see the following verse Seeing that, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Holding fast a confession. That means this is talking about all you're doing, everything about you is a finished work. The person that you're looking for, oh, I want him to get saved or I want her to get saved. Do you know that everything for you, all the promises are yes and amen? That's why I say look up the promises so that you just know what is the yes and amen for you. And amen only means that it is done. Now it's all in there, it's all in for you, okay? And you know what? When that thought comes, your job is like a flame, flaming sword. All you're giving back is that it is finished. That I'm a son. I'm in the yes and amen. It's already done. And I told you, your words are spread in life, especially for relationships. Speak it. Like if you didn't do a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, that's something that you have to be led. Like in my family, there was a time when I spoke and I was just speaking and there was a time when I just didn't speak. I just forgot about it. I rested. So there was a time that I spoke, and the time I just walked away. Okay, and God did. All those seeds that were there, suddenly boom. One day my mom came in, my aunt came in, my sister came in, everyone. like, just like popped one day. And so you have to be led. There's no formula as such, but the Holy Spirit will do all of that. Okay, but be true to who you are. Okay, when the time is you speak, when you feel like, I don't want to say anything right now, you don't say anything right now. Just go, oh, I just, uh, you know, it's not a formula. Someone called me up and said, who I speak, Do I not speak. Just do what you feel like. What's in your heart? There's a time to speak. There's a time to not speak. And just let, uh, you know, you'll be led by it. I just go with however I feel like it on that day. And, uh, and God will do things, okay? Uh, but your rest and my rest was just, I just knew that it will be done. So was he, of course, he spoke. I spoke to my mom. I did this. They hated me during that time. I looked like terrible, but I was just speaking, speaking. And there might be uh, strife. And there might be, you know... Uh, Foundations are getting shaken and everything. But you speak. You don't walk away from it. You speak. And there was a time when I just kept shut and everything just popped. Okay? So God will lead you. But what was my rest? That my whole family is in covenant and they will be in the kingdom. That was my rest. So I was guarding my rest Is what The rest. That it's all done. Okay? Uh, So it tells us, let us hold fast our confession. Okay, revelation. Let's read. Uh, Revelation. This is the vision that John had. Now I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, Revelation one ten. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesians, to Samaria, to all of these churches. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke to me and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as it refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Okay? He had in his right hand seven stars. And now see this. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. A sword is only used to cut something or on when you want to attack something, a sword is used. Everything else is a shield and the waist and everything. But what is the thing where you just, you're slaying something or you're pushing something down is the sword why is a sword coming out of his mouth? And it said, it's a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Okay. A sword. What did Jesus do at the temptation? He just spoke. When the thoughts come, you just speak. You're guarding something that is already done. It's a sword. That's it. Okay. And that's how you pull down. You, they're pulling down thoughts, bring them captive to, uh, captive to the obedience of Christ, right? Let's uh, read ahead. Okay. Anyway, let me just finish this and then I'll talk about it. Out of his mouth went a sharp double-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet at, uh, as dead. Okay, and then later on he says he has um, the keys of heads and of death, etc. I want you to imagine this. Out of his, sow, uh, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword you're one with Christ. You're one with Christ. Now I told you, your words are spirit and they are life. But your word is also the sword. Your word is the word of God, whatever you're speaking. And it is going out, it is cutting something. That's why I imagine the first thing after Pente- what happened on Pentecost, Jesus got hold of the tongue, the tongue. Your tongue, like flaming fire, it came on and it rested on everyone and they started speaking in tongues, okay? There is a friend of mine who had a dream in which as she started speaking in tongues, she have you seen the Transformers movie, how the car just becomes a transformer? And as she started speaking in tongues, her whole car started becoming like a transformer and it started becoming metal and bulletproof, okay? There is something about speaking that God just grabbed hold of the tongue. And the Holy Spirit came and told, speak in tongues. And something that it does to everything. I, I still remember when I got born again, when I came into the kingdom, I just knew. Uh, I remember one day sitting, I was, uh, I was watching TV and I saw Benny Hinn speaking in tongues and I wanted it. And I just started, by faith, I just started speaking in tongues. And I started saying the word Hosiera. I went to sleep and I asked God, I said, what does the word Hosiera mean? And in the dream, this lady came and said, Hosiera means from your innermost. Okay. And I was like, oh, it's innermost. And I just knew that any problem was there. Uh, I just knew it, that I would speak in tongues and it would get done. It would get resolved, okay? So I remember joining church and people would come to me and tell me they had so many problems. And I was like, but why don't you just speak in tongues? And it was literally like I would speak in tongues like just for a minute or like, that's it. Like, uh, you know, and I knew that this was something so supernatural I had that I would speak and it was done, okay? And the uh, and I know that the urgency, like, Uh, you don't have to keep going on and on and on like uh, of course Paul prayed all the time he said I speak in tongues more than all of you but uh, when it's done out of like really a place of rest and you're just speaking in tongues those little syllables that you're speaking just are taking down it's like the flame like the sword or whatever is going on you're just like pulling it pulling it down and I remember any problem I would have any problem I don't know where it come. I, I had this understanding I would read Psalm 91 and I would just speak in tongues for like a few seconds and I would go to sleep And I just knew it was done. It was just done. Okay. And that was my way. These were the little things that I had the minute I'd come into the kingdom, uh, my language with the father, you know. Um, Okay. So let's read ahead. And then I'll come back to what I'm speaking about. Okay. In 1 Peter 5, it says, submit to God, resist the devil. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes. All of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay. Okay. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. I told you, your biggest rest is that you have a father. You can't cast your cares upon somebody if you don't know somebody is taking them from you. We cast because he is taking, okay? Because we have a father over us. Now be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. Okay, that means who can consume? Who can he consume? Who can he take? Resist him steadfast in the faith. What is the faith? It says resist him. Don't fight him. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So I want you to say, I want you to see how did Jesus resist the devil? A, he believes who he is. He knows that he's the son. He believes not because he heard an audible voice in the temptation. He believed because his father said so. So how do you resist the devil? You believe because the word says so. You're a son. And what is steadfast in the faith? You're speaking. And what are you speaking? Jesus spoke and he just said, yeah, I'm a son. I rest. He, he gave the word back. Sometimes it's not about fighting. It's a rest. So it's not constantly about taking scriptures and scriptures. It's a rest knowing that, you know, believe in your heart unto righteousness and confession unto salvation. It's it's almost like when your heart really believes that you're a son, you're rested. The, the response to it, is a confession out of your mouth unto salvation, okay? Knowing that it is finished. And that's the sword that is going out of your mouth, okay? Attacking or whatever the lies are coming, you're not fighting for anything. Your position as a son is that somebody already fought for you. All you're doing is tending your garden or tending your rest, that it is already done. And by speaking and resting, by just speaking, that yeah, it is done. So even when I had symptoms, all I did was I knew I'm a son. I take in that, I started believing, yeah, yeah, this is it. I, I'm going to believe this, like, this is who I am. And then I spoke, maybe just once or twice, that's it. Okay, and it was done. Uh, that's how you resist him, okay? James 1, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now look at this, qualities needed in trials. That's what this heading says, okay? Um, Before this, in James, it says, count it all joy when you fall into trials because the trials produce, uh, the testing of your faith produces patience. And it says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, lacking nothing, okay? And then when you go down, it says, qualities needed in trials. Now look at the qualities. If you're going through anything, this is what the word says. What are the qualities that you should have in a trial? So then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Okay, be swift to hear, quick to hear. Slow to speak. In a trial, or when you're getting all these thoughts, we're very quick to take on the cares and start speaking the cares and start speaking all the chaos that is happening. I'm thinking this, I'm seeing this, I'm this. all of this. It's saying, be slow to speak. Zip your mouth. Quiet. Now this is talking about in trials okay be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath another word for wrath is to be impulsive going and trying to do something so what happened is okay for the impulsiveness or the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god so for example when the thing came for my mom that oh in the uh, in the uterus that she had and the minute i saw that report that said malignant go to another test or whatever and in that moment i had to be Slow to speak, slow to be impulsive. So everything in me wanted to send a prayer request. Oh my God, I need to get everything done. And I went to sleep that night. I didn't know anything. And what did God tell me? Who told you there's something to fight? Who told you there's something to fix? Don't send any prayer request. He actually told me, don't be impulsive. Keep quiet, relax. There's nothing to fight. There's nothing to fix. And I just rested. Yeah, there is nothing to fight, nothing to fix. Okay. And she's a son. That's it. It's a finished walk. And then, of course, later on, we did another test and it came negative for malignancy. In a trial, whenever you're going through, the last thing, and this is really practical advice I'm giving, if you really want to see who you are, it's going to shine out who you are. Don't be impulsive. Be quick to hear, swift to hear, okay? Be slow to speak, slow to be impulsive. Resist the temptation to pick up the phone, call, I've got this problem. What do I do? Let's pray about it. Let's. Okay, that's what Hebron and hero didn't even do, and that's what I've not done. In in trials, I know that fellowship is there and everything, but in my greatest victories, I've resisted to the temptation to try and fix something. I've labored to rest, labor to be in Sabbath, because what happens in Sabbath? It's not you who's doing it; it's Jesus who's doing everything for you. All the miracles that happened on the Sabbath, it was Jesus who was doing it. it, it there's no acknowledgement of faith. Why? It's because it's all him doing it. Even as you rest, because it's a finished work, it's the father's job. Even those line symptoms, he's the one repelling it all out. It's not you. But he can only do it as you rest and stop believing all of that and start reacting to the line symptoms. Okay? It's a labor to rest. In your trials, whatever, if a problem shows up in front of you, be quick to hear, but be very slow to speak. Okay, and slow to be impulsive and try to do something. And what happens when you don't do these two things? The righteousness of God, the finished work is going to be seen. Because there is nothing to fight, there's nothing to fix. Now, try, uh, in certain things, it looks different. In people problems, I'm not saying you just keep, there are are times when you speak, you have to be led. Okay, I'm not saying if there's a boss uh, uh, telling you something, but don't be impulsive, just wait. Rest and you'll have the wisdom even if you have to speak and do something about it, okay? But it's out of a position of rest. It's out of a position knowing that you're a son. I told you last week when I told you I got that call about the whole project that I'd done and I had to speak with somebody and that guy picked up the phone and said, "Uh, you know, we need you to change some figures and everything. And in that moment, I didn't call my mom. I didn't do anything. The minute I heard it, I heard everything, okay? But I was very slow to speak and I did not... Uh, I was not impulsive. I didn't pick up the phone. I just waited. I, all the chaos was going on in my head. I went to sleep with it. Okay? And and I'm telling you, when the chaos comes, actually, it's better when you actually speak it out. Trust me, when you speak it out, it's like a sword. Okay? Because things are telling you and you're just like slinging it all down by the word. Okay? That's what I mean. Righteousness of faith speaks unto salvation. That means that something gets a thing. And you're not speaking for it to come down. I'm not pulling down anything. I'm speaking that it's already finished. So I just rested. I'm a son. I was like, no, I'm not going to let this change my mind. And then you saw on Monday when I called, and it was like almost it never happened. So now it came like a problem. It was a problem, but it was a shadow. It was a shadow. Do you understand that? And it all disappeared. It's almost like when I had a conversation with that person, they did not even remember the conversation that happened with me on Saturday. So, how is it? It came out of a man's mouth, but how could he not remember? I told you it's called a shadow. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay? Your job and my job is to not run about everything that you see. Okay? That's why sense is very important. You, you tell me every time you pick up the phone and you call me, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. You have to get out of your feelings. Up until you don't do it, you're just driven by your five senses. Okay? And I told you, take it down in the microcosm. Start with this little things, with the small things. James 3, the untamable tongue. My brethren, let... Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that he shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth that, we, that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. It's through the bridle that is on the horse, the whole, through the reins that are in his mouth, the whole body, you can, you can turn. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fury, fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder uh, whenever the pilot desires. And so the tongue is a little member and boasts great, uh, great things. See how a great of uh, a for- great a forest, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, meaning a world of sin. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. But that's why Jesus on Pentecost, the first thing he did was come and tame your tongue. He gave you, he he knew that man can't do this. So he gave you tongues. So you get, Holy Ghost comes on you and you start speaking in tongues. Okay, uh, It is an unruly, even full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God, Father, and with it we curse it. Who has been made in the similitude of God? Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a, uh, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine uh, bear figs? Does no spring yield for salt, uh, water, and fresh Okay, let's uh, go down to Matthew 4. And I'll bring it all home together. Uh, Jesus gets tempted. Okay, so now this is Satan tempting Jesus. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, the thoughts come to you. If you are a son of God, command that these stones become bread. To some, someone told me last time, oh, if I get a thought saying, I don't take medicine. Does that mean I'm son, not son? No, no. When it's getting attacked here, it has nothing to do with your sonship. Please take the medicines. Doesn't mean anything. Okay? You're a son, regardless of whether you take medicines or no. You don't have to prove your sonship. But all I'm saying is, don't be where you are. Progress. Progress. Because He wants you, the Holy Spirit wants you to have the perfect place, which is divine health. Where oh, you don't even need medicines because you're not falling sick only. You, you get what I'm saying? You don't stay where you are. You progress with the Holy Spirit. But you don't have to prove your sonship to anybody. Whether you take, whether you don't take, you're still a son. And usually when the thoughts come like this, to prove your sonship, it's not you. It's the devil speaking. Okay? And so I don't do anything. I don't I don't even react to that. Oh, Priya, heal this person. That person is sick. You don't go lay hands on that. He's not a son. I don't react to that. And there are certain times when I just feel like laying hands and I'll do that. Okay? But look at how Jesus reverts that or how does he pull down? Jesus answered and said. That means he spoke. It is written man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So everything the devil was speaking, Jesus was speaking back a word. Okay, and saying it is written. It is written. And then you come down where it says, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. It says, guys, in the Bible, resist the devil. And then it says here, the devil left him. Okay, or the devil went for a certain time. This was Jesus resisting how through the thoughts. Everything was attacking. Was he atta- was the devil attacking him in the flesh or anywhere else? He was only doing here. As a son today, all the chaos first comes here. When you start listening to him and what happens after you listen, you land up, start doing things. So first comes by hearing this. And now suddenly because you're listening, you start doing. Your feet go, your hands go. you pick up the phone, you start doing things. And that's what it means to devour somebody. And when your thoughts come, all you are doing is resting. Resting that who oh, I'm a son, this is all finished. My my life is a finished work. You're guarding, you're tending the garden. And if you want, when your thoughts are like crazy, or someone was telling you, you get like just crazy thoughts, use the sword of the spirit. And you'll realize how those th- thoughts stop. Okay? If you keep your mouth, they just keep coming, 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 and then you just stand, you stand your ground, that it is finished. You don't have to. As a son, there is no fight. You don't have to fight. It is already done. You're not trying to get here. It's already here. You're not trying to fix relationships. You know that? They all come together because it's in covenant with you. It's in blood. We'll share later on in some sermons about the blood of Christ. Okay? Everything is in the blood. Okay? Every promise of yours is in Christ. It's in his blood. Okay? It's the greatest thing. And everything and your job is your are resting in the blood. So the blood is not on your house. You're in the blood. Wherever you go, is the blood going. Nothing can touch you. You will touch it and you'll affect it. Okay? The blood of Jesus is the most powerful, powerful thing in heaven. All the things in heaven also have to be sprinkled by the blood. Okay? The blood makes you holy. That's why it's holiness. When you know you're in the blood, anytime you're going, it's holiness going. Okay? So sprinkling, sprinkling blood. Oh, but it's, you're in the blood. And you're one with that blood, okay? Uh, Look at this, John, 3rd John. It says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So, uh, okay, I'll read all these things, uh, three verses, and then we'll uh, I'll tell you. 2nd Peter, okay? To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God, the Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. So every time you look up, first thing I got born again, I just wanted to know what belongs to me. I just wanted to know what belongs to me. I was crazy. I was reading Isaiah. I just wanted to know the promises. Okay. And I know they were mine. You have been given great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature if you don't know divine health belongs to you how can you rest in it how will you know it belongs to you if you don't know in my pathway there is no death you won't even know you're going in everything no it's not that's why through the precious promises you partake of the divine nature the divine nature of god okay and uh philemon i thank my god making mention of you always in my prayers hearing of your love Uh, love and faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective how? By acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Okay? So that's the last scripture that I wrote. So I what I want this today is all about. I told you, the minute you became a son, you're born from above. You're a spiritual being. Now everything that God did, he's put in spirit. In your spirit the part of you that got born again is your spirit man he and Christ are one the one so there is some work for you to do the minute you became a son you start renewing your mind okay coming to know what promises belong to me that oh all the promises are yes and amen so what are all these promises so now you're you're renewing your mind you're not trying to get the promises most people run after the promise like it's something to be obtained you're not running after It's something that you already have. It's in Christ. That's why Jesus said, uh, Paul says all the promises are yes and amen. He just didn't say yes. He said yes and amen. That means it is done also, but they are in Christ. So you're just aware that I'm in Christ. Oh, I'm one with Christ. That's it. And now that word, even as you're believing who you are, and then what happens when you start believing, you start speaking it. It's very natural. You won't speak something if you don't believe it. Deep down a lot of times I come to know what you're believing by your words. If you really believe you're an architect's son, you don't have to convince your mind. You'll start speaking it, you'll start talking about your dad, you'll start talking about architecture, you'll start talking about buildings is because you're an architect. You understand what I'm saying? Everything that you do and speak will come out of what you're believing. So you believe that you're one. So you're believing unto righteousness and confession is made unto salvation. And what is happening in that process as a son, you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. So you became a son. There is work to do. You cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He's here to show you. Come on now, pretty. Open the box. all the things that I've already have for you. And your job is not to fight. The devil is here. That's why the, the, the Holy Spirit was given. Otherwise, we just got saved and nothing. Okay, the devil is here, but he wants you to reign in life. And how do you reign in life? By receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, right? It says that you reign in life. That's how you reign in life in Romans. So all you're doing as a son, the Holy Spirit is given. He's given to me or oh, to tell me I'm righteous. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Father. I'm your son. I'm your son. Because I'm your son, I deserve to get everything. Holy Spirit is here to show me all the things that are freely given to me. So any attack I'm getting, oh, I just rest. I'm a son. Okay. And now he tells you speak. So I know I'm a son and now I speak unto salvation. And so it's not just the speaking. And all your job is, oh, any attack is coming here, you might get attacks, Paul is saying, the only attack is going to be on your mind. He's only going to lie to you. So guys, sons, you don't have to do anything. Just take that thought down. Put it in the obedience of Christ. Use the sword of the spirit. Okay. Oh, I use the sword. Okay, fine. And what is the sword of the spirit? It's a finished work. I'm not going to fight this. I'm not going to do anything. My greatest victories have been by not doing anything. Pumid arthritis also went by not doing anything. As I only started believing my oneness with God, no, it's just, that's it. I took on a promise. And how does it say? Your faith gets activated by acknowledging every good thing that is in you. So all I'm doing is I'm taking the promise, yeah, thank you, Father. Even about my family, I don't worry. Oh, thank you. It's already covered. I'm in Christ. This promise is already in Christ. So my family has to be with it, in it, in Christ, in the blood. Oh, they're protected. And so even as i start believing I end up becoming carefree is because now i believe the word there will be a time guys when all of you it'll be unnatural for you to worry is because your faith in the word is greater than what you see your five cents strength and you start doing it slowly 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 i told you the first time when i used to go to hospitals when i used to hear all that ttt and noise and all I used to get so scared when I was, you know, like uh, I was uh, checking out all the powers that I had, like lay hands and all of that. So first time when I went, I saw the bloated body, you know, I was like, oh, you know, and then I started doing it. I started doing it. And then at one point who I was was greater than what I would see because through training, I just started doing it. And so it didn't matter. And so even if I saw a bloated body, even if I saw the things going up and down, up and down, I knew that, yeah, I'm a son. Okay. And my words are spirit and life. And things started shifting. Okay, because who I am is greater than what I'm seeing. At first, I was influenced by my senses. But now, I'm resting that I'm a son. Do you know that your greatest rest, you're in the garden. Okay, it's almost like the rest is that you're in the father, in Christ. That nothing can touch you. And what the devil tries to do is lie to you. And because you don't pull down those lies... So now you start meditating on them and pretty much after some time you start doing it and you start following. So he's waiting for someone who will believe my lies and then I can start getting them on my side. Like I told you, a terrorist just didn't pick up the gun and plan something. The devil spoke, 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 he heard and then he did something and followed. That's how it works. So the devil can't do anything, he's using people. He has to, he will speak. And that's why Jesus at one point, he looked at Peter and said, Peter gets this amazing revelation and he says that this revelation has come from God, that you are the Christ. And at the same time, Peter takes Jesus and said, no, no, you will not go on the cross. And then Jesus looks at him and says, get away from me, Satan. For you're mindful of the things of men. Your mind is full of the things of the world, not things of God. That's why the Bible says to be carnally minded or to be fleshly minded, to constantly look at your flesh is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Someone who's constantly driven by five senses is also very weak in the flesh. They will end up doing silly things also because they're very flesh driven. But the ones who are spiritually minded, who realities of who they are, what the father says is greater, is very difficult for them to do something silly. That's what it means. Even if you stumble in the flesh, do you know that the law of sin and death is active in your members? It says, I disconnect. I do not take on the identity to my spirit. God is looking at me through spirit. He looks at me, everything that he does is through spirit. He does not want me to identify in flesh. That's why Jesus was crucified in the flesh so that whatever you've done in the flesh, God is not calling you righteous based on your flesh. That's why it says in Hebrews, we repent from dead works. Not works, dead works. Whatever act you've done in the flesh is a dead work because your body is dead. Okay? You are a spiritual being and even as your mind is getting renewed to who you are, Do you know that who you are is getting manifested in the flesh? That's why the word is becoming flesh. So as a son, there's an outworking. There's an outworking that happens. So it's not quiet. So any trial that comes, I really don't say why it's here. Because Jesus didn't have any trials. It's just conforming me, whatever has come. Okay. If it's still bothering me, that means I'm overcoming it. In this area, I'm not yet conformed to to my identity, my true identity. And so I allow myself to rest. I allow myself, I take that word. I just, I, I own that word. I just become one with that word. I rest in it. And and sometimes maybe I speak it, you know, that this is the word. And I take that sword. And the confession unto righteous, confession unto salvation. Okay? I speak that. And I'm becoming just one with that because I know the word becomes flesh in that area. And then in, in those areas, you don't have to go through cycles again and again. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay? So, uh... Like I said, it's uh, don't ask why. Just ask Holy Spirit how? Through my identity. And once you do it, it the word becomes flesh in that area. Trust me, you start walking in divine health. In another area, you start reigning in finances. Everything that you're doing, you're just seeing life in it. The word is becoming flesh. Okay? So I told you how the word is becoming flesh. Okay? Whatever is attacked is only in the mind. You just rest. Use the sword of the spirit. Pray in tongues, but also you can... Speak the word. You're not. Don't speak the word in a way trying to get the promise. By stripes I'm healed. By stripes I'm healed. I'm a son. It's not in my nature. I just rest. Okay. I'm father. This is it. This is my. This is my rest. You're tending the garden. You're not doing anything. The 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 flame outside is outside. You're just guarding something that is already done. And you'll realize even as you take the sword of the spirit, especially when thoughts come, they actually disappear. You might do it once, twice, thrice. You realize suddenly it's all gone. And then you know that it was an attack on you. That, that That's when you know that it's a, like, you know, it's not flesh and blood. That it's, there's, there's strong words and arguments that are going on. And that's when you know they're not your thoughts. Look, How come I just disappeared? How come there are days I don't even think about things? Okay, it's because it's like this. Not all thoughts are your thoughts. So you begin to rest. and in that, just take the sword of the spirit. Okay, everything else is for you. But what it tells you is just the sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit is not to fight It's a rest and it's finished. Yeah, I'm a son. That's all you're saying. I'm a son. It's already done. Okay? So get the promises. Get to know your promises. Whatever is in the Bible. For any situation, you have a promise. Okay? Take that promise. Like I said, for relationships or for family members. Oh, I know that Psalm 91, nothing shall touch even my tent or nothing will come near my tent. Oh, that's my promise. I'm in Psalm 91. It's for me. So now, all the promises are yes and amen in Christ. I'm in Christ. Oh, so even my family members have to be in Christ that's my rest
1: so now anything that happens
0: there I don't run and worry no no I remind myself I'm a son I rest I labor to rest I don't run after the worryful thoughts I don't run after it I rest and if I want to I just speak I thank you father I'm in Christ all the promises are yes and amen I thank you that my have is in Christ thank you father that's what I do I rest and you will realize after sometimes even the body goes or the thoughts go because you started speaking just the way Jesus was speaking okay so that's uh, the word becoming flesh. In every area, your word is becoming flesh. Okay? And I told you in a trial, the Bible tells us three things that we do. We are swift to hear, but we are slow to speak, slow to be impulsive. So Any problem that comes your way, be slow to speak and slow to be impulsive. Just process and know that, no, be still and know that I'm a son. I'm going to rest this out. And if I have to speak, I take the sword of the spirit, you speak and that's it. That's why in this lockdown, I actually stayed by myself. I didn't go because sometimes with many people, you just end up talking all the problems. You end up talking all nonsense. And I didn't want that. You know, so when I'm by myself, I actually, I have nothing to talk to. So I don't speak. I don't have anyone to converse any of my cares or worries. I don't have it. I don't do that. And so then I will just have the word. And so if I have to speak, yeah, I process it will go on in my head, but I don't speak it. And then I just take it. I start speaking, yeah. Okay, this is this is what I will speak. Okay, because I'm one with the word. You got what I'm saying? This is the temptation to pick up the phone and do something. A lot of times, just wait it out, rest it out. Okay, let's just give a spiritual tithe of what we've heard today. Uh, So close your eyes and I'm going to pray. Father, uh, Father, I just thank you for the word that came forth. You are a high priest, Jesus, and we just give you a spiritual tithe of all the revelation, of all the understanding that came through your spirit that you've given us. And we just lift this up and we worship you with it. And just pray in tongues and give him a, a tithe of all, everything that you receive today in your spirit, just uh, give it, give, give a spiritual tithe to, to Jesus. I thank you, Spirit, of understanding that you're multiplying that and you're opening up your eyes, our eyes to even more, even more truths. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that we're one with you. We're one with your blood. I thank you that we're sons. We are one. And right now, uh, I want everyone right now to release life into everyone right now. Okay? Into all of beloved. Just release life into them. I thank you, Father, that your spirit in all of us, your spirit is releasing, is giving life to that mortal body. And so, this life is going out of me, right? I release it out of me, into every member that might have lying symptoms. I release that life right now, and it's quickening that mortal body. It's uh, yes, lying symptoms are leaving right now. That life is leaving out of me, right now, repelling all of those lying symptoms. Okay. Yeah, we're one body, and you can actually release life into the body. That's what suns do. Uh, okay. Any questions? Anyone wants to ask me? Uh, just put them here, message them, and I'll quickly read it. <clears throat> Did everyone follow what I was saying today? Yeah, we're progressing from you being a spirit being to how you hear God's voice. Everything is inside to where the sometimes the wrestling happens is only in thoughts. He can't touch you. The devil can't touch, has no right, but he can only do some things if he gets you to start thinking the way he's thinking and then he starts getting you to do certain things. Okay, so only the wrestle is in your mind and that's why the labor to rest. It's becoming one with him. Okay, in your mind. Uh, Okay, so I guess we have nothing. So I'm going to see you on Sunday at... uh, yeah at 11 30 uh, okay we have communion on Sunday so get your cups, uh, cups ready for communion on Sunday okay bye see you guys soon okay bye